Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. The Bible says God tells us, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath, and the word keep is is a bad translation in English. It actually means to, in English, um, to observe. Don't just remember the Sabbath, observe it. And on Friday night at sundown, the Sabbath begins. Now, right now it's 716. So the Sabbath actually began uh, at 7.07 tonight. We're going to light the candles welcoming in the Sabbath blessing a little bit later, but Tiz is at home watching by stream, and she's lit the candles already so that we're, we're under that Sabbath blessing right now as we speak. But I wanted to take a little bit of time to explain some things. Every Friday night is a window of heaven. Every Friday night, Friday night to Saturday night is the Sabbath. Sabbath's not Sunday. Now, one of the mistakes that people have made in returning to the Jewish roots of the Bible, the Jewishness of Jesus, is they stopped having services on Sunday and went to Saturday. God didn't say we had to have service on Saturday. He just said, stop and welcome in the Sabbath blessing. So picture this, every Friday night over you, your family, your life, your finances, the window of heaven for that week opens up. And if we stop and welcome that Sabbath in, all the blessings that God has for us for the next coming week are released through that window of time. My people destroyed for what reason? Lack of knowledge. And so if we miss this, if we miss this Sabbath on Friday nights, now it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. Stop playing. You're doing a really great job. Let's, Let's just stop playing for a moment here. If we miss this Sabbath, that's, and you're doing really good. That is really good. I've been looking for that for years. I've been telling you. If you miss this Friday night, and, and the best thing is, is to take Friday night off, be with your family, light the candles. But even if you're working, you stop right at sundown and say, Lord, I welcome in. It's called the Sabbath bride. And say, Lord, I welcome in the blessings for this next week into my family. And we're going to show you a a little bit of way of doing that tonight. But I wonder how many people, how many Christians are right now welcoming in the Sabbath. My people destroyed for what reason? Lack of knowledge. And so they're missing on this blessing that God wants to bring and yet, The prophet says in the last days, 
the eyes of the Gentiles will be open and we'll begin to understand these things that will welcome in. You know, one of the greatest rabbis in the world, Rabbi Schneerson, who's with the Lord right now, the last time he met, and by the way, when he spoke this, remember Sam Grunwerg from Karen Hayazot of Israel that comes and visits with us all the time? And Sam texted me this morning and welcomed everybody uh, or wished everybody a Shabbat Teshuvah, the, a great blessing. Sam was there as a, as a young man when Rabbi Schneerson spoke this. And he spoke and he said, the Messiah is ready to come, but one thing has to happen first. The eyes of this was in 1996, I believe he said this. And he said, the Messiah is ready to come, but one thing has to happen before he comes. God will move amongst the Christians and he'll handpick Gentiles to open their eyes. And they'll begin to understand Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shabbat. And he said, at first, the Jewish people, this is in one of my books. I can't remember which book I wrote it in. But he said, at first, the Jewish people will say, why are the Gentiles doing this? These are ours. These are ours. But he said, the Gentiles who embrace this will, not, and listen to this, receive this prophetically. The Gentiles who receive this will be so blessed by God that it will draw Jew and Gentile around the world back to God, and together we will welcome the Messiah. Now, listen to that. Listen to what I'm telling you. We were sitting in the back, and I'm with the guys before we prayed to come out here. And I said, I hope people understand. I hope people aren't just going, oh, yeah, it's nice. It's the month of Elul. It's Rosh Hashanah. It's Yom Kippur. I said, I hope people understand what's happening. And let me give you a prophecy. Between now and the next year and a half, our world is going to change. It's either going to get really, really bad or it's going to get really, really good. But those, and I believe it's going to get really, really good, but those who are paying attention right now, spiritually and financially, we're going to see the power of God move as never before. So every year during the month of Elul, it's a special time. Every year during Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, which is a Sunday night, it's a special time, Feast of Tabernacles. It's a, it's a if I can use this term, it's a magical, supernatural time. But this is different. I can feel it. I can feel amazing things getting ready to happen. And I want us all to be aware of this. Sunday night is Yom Kippur. Sunday night, God seals where we're going. So every Friday night, we welcome in the Sabbath blessing for the whole rest of the week. Just think of, just think of the people who God has a financial blessing, home blessing, marriage blessing, health blessing, and they don't know this. My people destroyed for what reason? They don't know it. It's not just being, it's not just being, oh, it's it's a cute little thing. We're keeping Shabbat. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. Sunday, we're going to wash your hands, baptize your hands. That's not just a little cute thing that we do. 
It breaks, Yom Kippur breaks every limitation for the whole rest of the year. It defeats your enemy for the whole rest of the year. Now, it doesn't mean we don't fight a battle. It just means the enemy's already defeated. But if we don't know these things, my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. That's why it's so important. You know, and, and for us to be meeting on Shabbat, for us to be meeting on the Shabbat between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, folks, this is almost unheard of. You know, I was telling uh, Tiz's sister is in town and uh, visiting, visiting Tiz, and we're, we were talking about when we were over in Israel this last time, and they said they were giving me an award, and they said, you want to meet with Prime Minister Netanyahu? You want to meet with President Herzog? And I said, I'd really like to meet with Rabbi Lau, one of the most amazing spiritual leaders that the world has ever seen. And they said, well, we don't know if we can pull that off. You're a Christian. He's an Orthodox rabbi. They came back and said, he said, you can come back by five minutes. We'll go by his house. They're getting ready for Shabbat. Two hours later, we're sitting there. Scotty's there with me. We're sitting there with Rabbi Lau, and we're talking about the Bible. We're talking about the Torah. And when the media was leaving and they're packing their, their cameras and going out, Rabbi Lau growls, grabs me and he says, how do you know these things? How do you know these things? And I said, because I study the, the Torah. I study the Bible through the eyes of a Jewish Moses and a Jewish uh, Abraham. And I didn't want to be offensive. And he said, and a Jewish Jesus. And I said, yes, sir. And he goes, Jesus never stopped being Jewish. Now, that's a profound statement because most of us read the Bible as Jesus was a Baptist or a Catholic or an assembly of God and nothing against all those things, but Jesus never stopped being Jewish. And when he said to the disciples, follow me, that word follow in Hebrew means imitate what I do. And we see Jesus following the Torah. You know, I talk to pastors all the time. And uh, I remember one pastor came to me. We were actually in Washington, D.C., and we had done something. And he said, man, I heard what you did. He said, is there any more Jewish stuff in the Bible? <laughs> and I said, yeah, a few things. Right now, we are between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. This is one of the most, probably number one or number two, most important Shabbats there is for the whole year. Normally, Shabbat opens the blessing up. Shabbat opens the blessing up for the week. Tonight's Shabbat opens up the window of blessing for the year. And even if you don't totally understand it, my covering, our covering covers you on that. This is the Shabbat of return. The Shabbat of return. For 30 days, we blew the trumpet up to Rosh Hashanah. And then from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, 10 more days. This is the time in which when, am I giving you too much? When Israel came out of Egypt, God brought them to Mount Sinai. 
And he said, I'm going to give you the Torah. I'm going to give you my word, the Bible. Follow it, lead it. We know Moses went up for 40 days, right? While he's up there, God says, my people have already sinned. Moses comes down and sees the golden calf, takes the the two tablets and smashes them and says they're not worthy of the word. For 40 days, Moses goes back up, and for 40 days, he pleads with God to forgive the people. He pleads with God, forgive them of falling away. God says, go back down, make me some tablets, and bring them back up. So when he comes back up, this is the third 40-day period. And in that, we're seeing that God is always giving man a way out. He's always get, he, he loves us. And so this is the 40 days leading up to when God seals. Now, I, I believe this in all my heart. I believe this in all my heart, that Rosh Hashanah is a shadow of the rapture. I believe, and I might be wrong, but I believe the rapture will take place on Rosh Hashanah. Okay, so Rosh Hashanah is here and gone because it's a shadow. And if you don't understand this, ask me afterwards. Passover was a shadow, then the real thing happened. Shavuot, Pentecost was a real thing, and then it happened. Rosh Hashanah, I believe, is a a shadow of the rapture. Yom Kippur is a shadow of the second coming. Feast of Tabernacles is the shadow of the wedding supper of the Lamb. I believe it. It it works out. It happens exactly right. The way this happened, Jesus was baptized. He went 40 days in the wilderness, defeated the enemy, and then the miracles began, right? So I believe that's happened. So in my opinion, if the rapture takes place on Rosh Hashanah, then the rapture hasn't taken place yet. And I know that the wicked servant says the master delays his coming. We ought to wait till Elul to start living for God. We ought to live for God every moment of every day. And just be wise. Why not live for God? His ways are above our ways, correct? But I believe since the rapture didn't take place, tomorrow night, Sunday, tomorrow night? No, Sunday night, two nights from now, is, the, is, is Yom Kippur. So God is looking between now and then to seal a blessing on our lives that cannot be stolen for one whole year. Amen. Now, this is the Shabbat of return. In Malachi, Israel is just coming out of Babylonian captivity. They meet in Jerusalem. That's what Malachi is all about. In most of the Bibles, or a lot of the Bibles, you'll see at the top of your page in Malachi, it's called the Great Assembly, the Jerusalem Assembly. And they've just come out of Babylonian captivity. Somehow the enemy defeated them, and brought them into Babylonian captivity. They're delivered from Babylonian captivity. They're back in Jerusalem, and they're praying. Now, listen to what I'm saying. They're praying, and they're saying, God, how do we keep the enemy from defeating us? Lord, how do we keep the enemy from defeating Larry Huck and Tiz Huck and Luke Huck and Katie Huck and Anna Huck and our children? How do we keep the enemy from defeating us? And God answers, return. This is the Shabbat of return. 
This is the blowing of the shofar calling for us to teshuvah, to return. They say, how do we return? God's answer is in your tithe and in your offering. So let me stop right there before we do Shabbat. The first thing we need to do is when we hear the blowing of the shofar, we hear the alarm sounding, we hear the warning of God. Those are the birth pangs. If you look at the world right now, the birth pangs show not only is the world getting ready for the Messiah to come, the world is getting ready for the Antichrist to come. You look at how crazy our world has become just since Biden's been in office. Teaching kids in school, the things they're teaching in school, teaching these things, 10 years ago, you'd have been labeled a pedophile and thrown into prison. And now they're, they're, the Biden people, the Democrats, and some Republicans are labeling parents who are standing against this as domestic terrorists. Would you have ever dreamed this would happen in our, in our country, in our lifestyle? These are the birth pangs. Our borders, tens and tens of thousands coming across. Our government flying illegals on our planes, on your tax dollars, from foreign countries into cities in America. Folks, these are the birth pangs. This is blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm. But I'm going to read you something that is tonight's Haftorah portion that's required to read. And it's going to say, but those who are paying, paying attention, I was telling the guys in the back, I said, I feel real excited. I feel great things getting ready. And I'm just saying that because I'm always the glasses half full. And I am. The gla- to me, though, I'm always the glasses half full. I'd rather be that way than believe the glass is half empty. But I'm going to show you what the Word of God says to those of us between tonight and Sunday night whose eyes are open and we're pay attention. I want, to show you, I want to show you something. Read with me, if you have your Bibles, in the book of Joel, chapter 2. Now, this is, amazingly, this is required to I don't know if it's just me. Is it hot in here? Can we turn the air up? Has John got us on a budget? Has he locked the thermostat again? Turn, turn the air cooler here, or up or down, however you do that. Here is a promise That is to us who have eyes to see and ears to hear. And I want you to receive this prophetically. Look at Joel chapter 2, verse 1. It says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm in my holy mountain. That's the month of Elul. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming for his hand. Now stop right there. You might say, well, people have said the Lord's coming, the Lord's coming. He, and he is, he's talking about two things. He is talking about the day the Lord comes, the second coming. But he's also talking about the day of the Lord, which is Yom Kippur. So this is a scripture not for someday. This is a scripture for right now. Say right now. Right now. 
Do you understand? Yom Kippur, yes, the, the rapture and the second coming is the day of the Lord. But until that day happens, this is the shadow that the exact thing will happen. When, look, if the rapture took place and the second coming where the enemy is defeated, you and I, our reward is forever. It can ne- Satan can never defeat us again. He can never bring sickness. He can never steal our money. He can never touch our children. Our reward is sealed. When I stand before the Lord, I don't want him to just say, is his name written? I want him to look at my page on the book and say, Larry, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. Not well believed. Well sang kumbaya in church. Way to go coming to church once every other month. You did something to make the world different. To tikkun olam, right? All right, so this is the day of the Lord. Jump over for the sake of time to verse 23. This is today's prophecy between now and Sunday night. Be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you the former and the latter rain in the first month. Look at me. We are now in the first month. And God is saying the former and the latter rain without, you've heard me teach on this before. I, we've been, we've been uh, in Israel during the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. The fields are ripe. They're, they're planted. They're ready. The light rain comes and seals that seed. That's what Yom Kippur is. Yom Kippur is sealing that seed that cannot be stolen. If the rain doesn't come, then the seed can't grow, the birds take it. But when the light rain comes, it seals that seed. Then Feast of Tabernacles is the latter rain that comes and brings the abundance for the year, right? Okay, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. This is a word for you. This is a word for you. This is a word for me. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat. Full. We're talking about prosperity and abundance. Oh, I need a better amen than that. You know what amen means? So be it. In my life, I receive it. So So I'm looking at this next year to be a year of great financial prosperity. The vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. Wine represents what? Covenant. Oil represents what? Anointing. Whenever, look at me a second, whenever there's a move of God, there is a move of God spiritually and financially. When God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, he showed them the 10 plagues, showing them that no matter what their God was, He was greater and delivered them through miracle power. But when they began their journey to the promised land, and that's what Yom Kippur does. Yom Kippur begins us on our journey to the promised land for the whole next year. As they were leaving Egypt, what happened? They gave them all the wealth. 
They said, take our wealth. This was the first end-time transfer of wealth. This is the first wealth of the wicked being put in the hands of who? The righteous. The word righteous here has two connotations, those who are serving God, but the word righteous is actually a, even a more powerful word. It's the word stetka. It means those who do acts of charity. It's so important that we understand this. You know, pe I know it makes people nervous when we write a check from this church for two, two and a half million dollars. But think of that. I don't even take an offering here. Our ministry is debt-free. You know, people say, you ought not tell them you're debt-free. They won't give. Listen, you give because you do it for the kingdom of God. You don't, do, you don't give. We're debt-free. And we give. The reason why all that happens is we don't worry about what we're going to wear or what we're in, but we look for an opportunity to be a blessing. We look for an opportunity to be a blessing. You know, we're doing this thing on October 21st. Because we have to, we, God, God spoke to me when I, when uh, it just made me so angry what they're doing to our kids. Okay, you want to, you want to be this way, you want to go that way, that's fine. But when you say we're we're of Satan and we're coming for your children, it's on. And so I said we're going to do this, and it's going to cost us four hundred thousand dollars to do this thing to gather our city together to pray and worship our God. But God said, if my people will, who are called by name will humble themselves and pray. So, so what will it cost us if we don't do that? Does that make sense to you? What will it cost if we don't? But the way you keep that well going is you keep priming the pump by doing acts of kindness. People ask all the time, does your church tithe? We do way more than tithing. We do way more than tithing. We save lives. We feed 50,000 children's meals in Zimbabwe every month. I'm going to show you pictures. I get, think on Sunday if we have time of our, of our little girls. I just got pictures of our, our little girls in the orphanage in Haiti that are 15, 16 years old. And one little girl wrote and said, Pastor Larry, thank you. And they're all in their uniforms. They're just beautiful little girls. She said, I was one year old when you first brought me in, when you first found me. One year old. I remember bringing her in. I remember finding her. One year old. We feed, we house, we save Jewish lives, we, we take care of Holocaust survivors. You know, we went into one city in Israel and said, they said, we have, uh, um, uh, we have 100 Holocaust survivors. And we said, we want to start feeding them to make sure they're fed. When they got out that, that these Holocaust survivors were going to be fed, you know what they found out? They had 1,200 in the city. But they were, they were recluses because they were afraid to let anybody know because of what they've gone through in the Holocaust. And we're feeding them. Amen. We're taking care of all over, all over the nation. And that's why, that's why it keeps flowing. And I don't say that. I never, you know, I, you know I, I, too many preachers use give as a gimmick. If you read Malachi, he said, I'm going to judge. Before he says, I'll open you the windows of heaven, return me how to retire in your tithe and your offering. He said, I'm going to judge those who are taking the offering. Come on now. Read it, Malachi chapter 3. 
I'm going to judge those who take the offering. Getting, taking money, receiving money from people is not a gimmick. My, my job is to feed the sheep, not fleece the sheep. Amen. I go all, uh, I, you know, I don't do many share but I, I, I do one for a, a, um, uh, a great, great Christian station. And we're going up, I think, in a couple of weeks, and they're just great people. That love, and, and they, whatever comes in, they, they take a 10%. It's in Pittsburgh. Am I, am I in Pittsburgh? And they, they, they 10% or 15%, and they send it back so we can give it to Israel. And so I remember when I first went up there, they called me in the hotel room and they said, Pastor, what number has God given you? And I said, what do you mean, what number? And they said, well, what number? You know, usually it's like if, you know, if you give $99 for 99 years, you get Psalms 99 blessing or something like that. And I said, I don't do that. I don't do that. They panicked. They, they drove. We were, our hotel was 40 minutes from the studio. They drove to the hotel. Well, how, how are you going to do that? I said, I'm going to teach what the Word of God says. I, I, don't, I don't do gimmicks because I'm going to stand before God and give an account. But the thing that I do have to teach you is, is that if we're going to walk into this blessing, we have to walk in it God's way. And that's through acts of kindness. Let me, let me finish reading it. He's talking about the anointing of God. He's talking about prosperity. Look what he says in verse 25. So I, th- now look at me one more second. And those of you who are watching around the world, this is tonight's verse. Now this is true every moment of every day, but this is tonight's verse. Look what it says. I'll restore to you the years the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locusts have eaten, the consuming locusts have eaten, the chewing locusts have eaten. How does God restore the years? He can't restore years. But he can restore the harvest, however it was taken in all those years. Can I, let me give you, let me just give you an example. Let me give you an example. A lot of people lost a lot of money in businesses and everything during COVID. Well, God can't give us those two years back. He can't give us those two years back, but everything the devil stole during those two years, he's going to multiply it and give it back, and that begins tonight. Amen? And without getting, without getting into this, he says, he didn't just say, I'll restore to the years the locusts have eaten. He said, I'll restore to you the swarming locusts, the crawling locusts, consuming locusts, the chewing locusts. In other words, if you've lost something in, in, in the years, maybe, you've, maybe, maybe you lost the joy of a marriage. Maybe you lost the joy of your children. Maybe you lost finances. Swarming locusts, crawling locusts, consuming locusts, chewing locusts. You lost it. The devil, the devil stole it. Or you did something stupid. Or you did something wrong. Whatever it is. When you test Yuvah tonight, when you return to me, whether it's your fault, the devil's fault, your wife's fault, your in-law's fault, Biden's fault, I'm going to get it back to you. That's what that means. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, I've seen the devil steal stuff from me. I've lost stuff because I've done something stupid. 
because I lost something stupid. Can, can, can I tell you something stupid I did? Years and years ago, I was one of the first investors in, in a little company called Bowflex. And overnight, a friend of mine started the company. Tis and I put a few dollars in it. Overnight, I made $12 million. Overnight. In two years, I made $12 million. All of a sudden, I'm, I don't need to pastor anymore. You know, the Bible says, don't step out of your measure of faith. God didn't call me to be, you know, we're, we're, we're all in our own homes, kings and priests. The priests bring the vision. The kings bring the provision. So in our homes, we're all kings and priests. But in our lives, you're either a priest or you're a king. A priest is the spiritual leader. The kings are the financial leaders. Well, I decided I'm going to stop being a priest. I decided I'm leaving the ministry. I got $12 million in the bank. And God spoke to me. And he said, that's not what I called you to do. And I was just starting the Jewish roots. And I said, you know what? I'm tired of being a pastor. I'm tired of always passing the plate. I'm I'm tired of all this. And I'm I'm leaving the ministry. And Tiz said, you know what? Or God said to Tiz and I, you know what? You need to get somebody to handle your finances. So we got a, a Jewish guy in Portland to handle us. And I can remember this day, I was writing a book on the seven curses that block the blessing. And I was, we just came from Israel. We were in Venice. I'm going to tell you, I don't know if this is the chewing locust, the consuming locust, <laughs> or the stupid locust. But I'm going to tell, tell you something. And, and so we were in Venice because Ven, I was, one of the curses is racism. You cannot be a racist and be blessed. Right? Jesus wasn't long-haired, blonde, long-haired, blue-eyed, white guy. Nor was he black, black, black. He was brown. And I think that's on on purpose, right in the middle. And every one of us, whether we're black or white or brown or male or female, we're made perfectly in the image of God. And so one of the reasons why the church doesn't see the blessing of God, one of the seven curses of the block of blessing, is racism. And we're more racially divided on Sunday morning than, we're, well, if you're black, you got to go to a black church. If you're white, you got to go to a white church. If you're brown, you got to go to a brown church. If you're tall, you got to go to a tall church. If you're good looking, you come to our church. <laughs> Thank you. And so I turned it over, and I remember, you ever see that movie with, um, what's it called, The Tourist with Johnny Depp? You ever see that movie? And who's the girl in it? Uh, Angelina Jolie. It's a, kind of a funny movie. Remember where they're getting off the boat at, uh, on that dock where the airport is? It's exactly where I was when my phone rang because we were getting on a plane to go to France, and, uh, Paris, and back to America. Because uh, uh, Venice is the, where the word ghetto came from. It's the first place that they lock somebody in a ghetto. So I was using that as an illustration of people being governments putting people in a ghetto. My phone rings, and guy, my, my money guy says, listen, he said, I think we need to sell Bowflex. And I said, why? And he goes, well, everything's falling apart. And he said, I just, you know, I just, and they were going to make an announcement that day on where the stock was. And I said, well, let me call. So I called my friend, and he goes, no, man, we're going to make more money. I said, don't call. And he goes, well, Larry, he said, I just feel, he goes, nah, no, don't worry about it. By the time I got off the plane, I lost $12 million. <laughs> and I said, 
you know what, Lord, I think I'm staying in the ministry. <laughs> so I don't know if that was the stupid locust, the idiot locust, the ego locust, the greedy locust, whatever locust that was, I'm claiming that back starting tonight, back into my life. Amen. And, and I really believe that. The Bible says when you discover who the thief is, and it's the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, whether it's your fault or not, does anybody need something returned to them? Your kids returned. Your joy returned. Your happiness returned. Your finances returned. You know, I, I left today and kissed his goodbye, and I could see her health just returning back. She's going to be here. She's going to be here Sunday. And this is a time of return. All right, so look what it says here. The great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. It didn't say you might. Now, we're, we're talking, and, and I don't talk about this much because it's so abused. But, folks, God wants you to prosper. God is not El get by. Our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You're not hearing me. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and it's my Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. You know, I, I, wear, I wear three bracelets on my wrist. One is, uh, is, says, tis tough and lion strong, beating their cancer. The other one is the Shema, Shema Israel, Adonai Rochenu, Adonai Had, Shema Israel. Wake up, soul. Our God is almighty God. And the third one is, somebody's going to win. Now, now, now think about it. Between now and this time next year, somebody's going to be making more money. Somebody's going to have miraculous debt cancellation. Somebody's going to have joy and happiness and peace, right? I, am I right? Somebody, why not you? You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who dealt wonderfully, wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. You know, I have people all the time, a, a, a lot recently, because with Pastor Troy coming in and, and us getting stirred up uh, to get active politically, because, and we have too many pastors that, that I shouldn't say it that way. No, I can't. Tiz will beat me up when I come home. As pastors, we got to have a spine. Well, if I say something, I'm losing people. You know, I, I got a saying, you choose who you lose. And, and I'm not going to hold on to people. You know, people say, you know, I joked the other day when I said Satan, I mean Biden. And, oh, you ought not say that. Anybody who promotes teaching these things to children is of Satan. Anybody, whether you're Democrat or Republican, you're of Satan. Because only Satan would do that. Right? Only Satan would do that. 
But he says, my people should never be put to shame. He said, oh, if you do this, they're going to come after you. Hey, you know what? I'd rather they come after me than he comes after me. Right? And you got to think that way too. Well, what will, my, what will my family say? What will my, you know what? You know, they said, Lord, your mother and brother out there. He said, who is my mother and brother? Those who are doing the will of God. You can't be worrying about what people say. You have to worry about what God says. That's what Teshuvah is about. But he said, if you'll do what God says to do, look what he, look at the promise to us. My people shall never be put to shame. They'll never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that's us, we're grafted in, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. He says it twice. When you stand up and be what God wants you to be, you know, uh, uh, we're going to do, we have Yom Kippur, and then the next week I'm going to do part two on raising our children up. And, you know, one of the things we say tonight is, may our sons be like Ephraim and Manasseh. You know where that came from? Ephraim and Manasseh were Joseph's sons raised in, in Egypt. And even though they were raised in a corrupt society, they never bowed down. Ancient Jewish wisdom says, how do you know a fish is healthy? When it can swim upstream, when it can swim against the current. And that's what we need to be people. Setting an example for our youth is that we will not flow with what the current is doing. We're going to go upstream into the will of God. Amen. Look at it again, verse 28. And it shall come to pass. Remember, this is tonight's tonight's living word for you. This is tonight's living word, not the logos, the rhema word. This is the rhema word. And it shall come to pass afterward, after you make a stand, after you do what's right, after you return, after you make sure everything is right, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters. Folks, we're talking, and now this, this was true when God gave this thousands of years ago to Joel. But it's more true today because we are talking about the end of the age. We're talking about the coming of the Messiah. We're talking about the time of the Antichrist. And, and, and we want to make sure that all of us make the rapture, that all of us are rewarded in heaven and that we're not here when the, when the Antichrist comes. So listen to me. We're not going out a defeated bride. We're going out a glorious bride. But it's conditional. And it shall come to pass afterward. If the church will come back to what it's supposed to be, it shall come to pass afterward. That word afterward, if you look at it in the Hebrew, it's actually the word that leans more towards the very last days, the very end days, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That's a big part of what we're going to teach with the youth. When the, can, am I giving you too much? 
when the temple was destroyed, ancient Jewish wisdom said, for the most part, God took the gift of prophecy away from adults and gave them the youth. That's why Jesus said, out of the mouths of babes. Now, he didn't take it all. There's still, matter of fact, the ancient Jewish wisdom says, if you say there is no prophecy, then you'll not have a part of the latter reign, the end time. There is prophecy, and, and God is looking for adults that he can trust with word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gifts of the spirit, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, gifts of finances. He's looking for adults. But when it says in the last days, you shall pour out my flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. This is an end time where the devil doesn't get our kids. We get our kids back. Right? Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my maidservants and on my men servants and my maidservants, I will pour, pour. Tiz literally likes teaching on this. That word pour means to smear. I will smear them. I will with the anointing oil over their whole being. I will smear them with my spirit in those days. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be smeared with the anointing of God. I'm ready to be smeared with the presence of the Shekinah glory of God. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned in the darkness the moon into blood, four blood moons, the last time that NASA shows that. Remember when we had the four blood moons? It says the last time NASA sees that ever happening. The, the moon will be turned into blood before the coming of the great notable day of the Lord. That's, that's Yom Kippur. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, we think of that word saved as being saved from our sins and not going to hell, and that's all a part of it, but it's actually the word, uh, uh, my brain just went numb. It's actually the word, um, oh, it'll come back to me. But it doesn't mean just saved from sin. It means saved from everything, saved from, from cancer, saved from poverty, saved from racism, saved from divorce, saved from uh, everything. It's, it's, it's a total package. Um, man, I know that word. Uh, and, and in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. And the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls, the remnant of the church, the remnant, not the whole thing. There's going to be a lot of people who say, I believe in the Lord. And the Lord will say, depart from me. I don't even know who you are. But God always has a remnant among the remnant who the Lord God calls. This is a rhema word for us right now, tonight. And all God says is, pay attention and return. So there's three ways we return. There's three ways we return. One, are we right with God? Are we, are we right with God? Return unto me. Return unto me. Teshuvah. Are we right with God? So I need you to ask yourself before we take, you know, when we do the Lord's Supper, one of the things we do is God says, tarry for one another. Now, I don't want to get into too much and freak everybody out, but he says, don't just do this as a ritual. That's the reason people are sick and dying. That doesn't mean you did it as a ritual and God killed you. It means you did it as a ritual without realizing what God is saying to save you. So we need to ask ourselves, are we right with God? If the rapture took place today, 
would you make heaven your home? doesn't mean you have to be perfect. There's none perfect except for one, and he died for our sins. But are you serving God? Too much, you know, one of the prophecies of the last days is the church would become lukewarm. The church would become lukewarm. You know, on, uh, on Sunday, I don't know if you noticed, but um, Joni and Doug from owners of Daystar were here in service with us. And he said, you know, we didn't even know it was Rosh Hashanah, but you know what I loved about the service? You had an altar call, Dion. And I said, well, of course we did. They said, you don't see that anymore. Well, what are we doing? We're just gathering together and singing Kumbaya. This is why I'm having the worship team sing a lot of those old songs about the blood of Jesus, about amazing grace, how sweet the sound. There are songs that entertain, but there are songs that move us into worship and praise, and God inhabits the praises of his people. Amen? Big difference. We're not here to entertain. We're here to lead you into the presence of God, and then my job is to teach you. Not entertain, but to teach. And so the first thing is, is you have to ask your, God says if we would judge ourselves, we won't be judged. Now, doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean, you know, we can always say, you know, well, I need to, I need to pray more. Everybody needs to pray more. I need to study more. I need to read my Bible more. Everybody does. We're not talking about those things. We're talking about is, is, is God the number one thing in your life? Or have you kind of grown lukewarm? So judge yourself. But the second thing is found in Malachi. When he says, return to me and I return to you. They said, how do we return? He says, in your tithes and your offerings. Now, I never teach on this except during this time of year. And the reason is, is because, you know, I, the last time I talked, I think we talked about it on, on Pentecost when you received the first fruit offering. Somebody, somebody said they brought a friend here and he said, all those preachers wanted your money. I, I talk about money two or three times a year because the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Now, I've been in the ministry for a long time I've seen people get saved. I've seen people backslide. And I'll tell you, almost every time before their heart leaves the kingdom of God, their money leaves the offering plate. Almost every time. That's why in Malachi, God says, return to me and I'll return to you. How do we keep the enemy? And God says, he didn't say quit fornicating, quit smoking dope, quit doing LSD, quit robbing grocery stores. You know, if I was God, I'd call everybody out <laughs> but he says would a man rob god the reason why satan got a hold of them is because they became so blessed israel became so blessed they quit paying their tithes they quit keeping shemitah which meant trusting god every seven years leaving the land fallow so they'd have to trust god for a triple harvest and they quit bringing their first fruits because God, we're rich. We don't need you anymore. And I can't help but think that's where America is. We're the only nation in the world who's, who, who are poor. You know, you go to Africa where people are poor. These people are poor. We're, we're the only nation in the world that doesn't really, really understand what poverty is. 
because we're a nation and, and should we have more equality? Yeah, we should. But we've got to understand that God has a system. You can sit on your, you can sit on your porch and you can own a thousand acres and you go, oh God, you are the Lord of the harvest. Bring it in. God says, get off your butt. Go plow the fields, pull the weeds, plant the seed. I'll bring the rain. I'll bring the sun. I'll bring the miracle. Get back off the porch. Go harvest the thing. Take it to the to the whoever sells the stuff and make a living. And I'll bless everything you put your hands to. But we're, we're, what, what's happened is, is we've become so blessed, we just sit on our blessed assurance. One of the greatest things I can teach you is every time God's getting ready to bless you, he first gives you a chance to be a blessing. I have never paid tithe. Never. Never paid tithe. Because if I owe God $10 out of 100 God's getting 15 or 20 because you cannot give God. And until you understand that, until you understand that, you'll never see the blessing of God. So the first thing God says is, are you tithing? Well, I got quiet. I didn't get, I, 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 judge, the, judge the murderers, get them, Lord. Judge the thieves, kill them, God. Those who rob God, no habla ingles. Nein sprechen sie Deutsch. Are you tithing? If you're not tithing, and I don't check. You don't have to worry if I check. I'm not keeping the books. He's got the ledger. Are you tithing? If you're, if you're, if you're not tithing, you're not really trusting God. And can I ask you something? If you can't trust God to bring a gold coin out of a fish's mouth, how are you going to trust God to heal cancer? I don't know about you, 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 you men, but you know, uh, you can't bench press 500 pounds if you don't bench press 50 pounds. I have people, I've, I've been ministering a long time and I've had people say to me, I can't tell you how many times, pastor, someday I'm going to give a million dollars. Someday, someday my tithe is going to be a million dollars. I said, that's wonderful. Are you tithing on your hundred? Because if you can't tithe on your hundred, I mean, you can find $10. I remember, I remember saying to God, you know, someday, God, I'm going to give a million dollars. And then one day, God says, now's the time. And I'm going to... It's harder to sign a million-dollar check to give it away. Because you're th I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of things we could do with a million dollars. But can he trust you? Remember when the Haiti earthquake hit? Somebody, I still don't know who gave Tony my number, but this guy down in Haiti called and said, we've got, what was it, 50 tons of food that we had, and, and it's, but we got no way to get it out of Miami. And uh, somebody said, you might help. And, 
you know, the earthquake. And I mean, people were starving. I mean, it was, it was the most, it's the most tragic thing I've ever seen. Luke and John and Scott and I went down there. It was the most unbelievable thing I'd ever seen in my life. And so we went down there and that's when we found the, the kids that are dying, these little babies. And, and uh, we didn't have, we didn't have 500 bucks in the, in the, in the church offering because we made a stand against a president that was running for abortion had 3,000 people get up and walk out 3,000 people in my church walk out on me because I said you can't vote for a president that's pro-abortion it's when we're in the TBN building 3,000 people walked out all of a sudden we're down to we're down to 200 people because I said you Christians who said you can't I said you cannot vote for a president that is pro-abortion and pro, what's that bill, same-sex marriage bill that means you can marry, a man can marry a man, a man can marry a donkey, a man can marry, yeah. If you don't think that's true, end days, I just saw, who, who showed me that in the back? Derek, did you show that to me? Wander, Pastor Wander, she showed me. A thousand people in Germany today crying for the rights to be acknowledged as dogs. Barking, a thousand people barking, saying, you need to acknowledge us as dogs. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I, I go, you're lying to me. He goes, look, Pastor, and there, there are a thousand, thousand, not one or two maniacs, a thousand. They want to be acknowledged as dogs. So, man, we need a. I, I, I like what Rabbi Lappin said when I asked him when I said, Rabbi, why, when President Trump was running, I said, why are you endorsing Donald Trump? He said, when the streets are full of mad dogs, we don't need somebody that can pray about it. We need somebody that's a dog catcher. <laughs> Never dreamed that would be prophetic. Why am I talking about that right now? Where was I going with that? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> there's, an, there's another one, I would, but I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to. It's Shabbat. You can't talk about those kind of things. And so, God says, can I trust you? Can I trust you? You know, I, I let me just say this. I don't know if I've ever said this before, but. Every church that Tiz and I have ever pastored has been a multiracial church. And you know, many pastors says, you can't build a church and do that. You can't build a church and do that. That it won't flow. When I came to Texas, I was told by important Christian people, you can't. Because once you have a certain race, a certain percentage of black people or Hispanic people or white people, the other people won't go. They won't come. And I said, well... You know, when we were in Santa Fe, our church was 90, there are no black people in Santa Fe then. Our church was 95% Hispanic and Native American. And we had white people come and say, well, it's not done here. This is not done here. And I said, well, I guess that's why God brought me. Because I don't see Jesus saying, all right, all the black folks who line up over here, all the white folks over here, all the Mexicans who cook the best anyway, line up on my side. <laughs> kosher manudo for the wedding supper of the lamb you have to be you have to be faithful and and i really believe you know i, I look at this and 
there's there's a door possibly opening up for us because of our relationship with Israel. And uh, um, I look at it and I said, because everywhere, when we, went to, when we went to Australia, Aboriginal people weren't invited to the white church. And the, my, my children's grandmother was Annie Betty. She was, she was as black as that table. She was a aboriginal woman that took care of our kids and loved our kids and held our kids and raised in a leper colony had no fingers and toes one of the most wonderful one she's she's alive she's like 180 years old now or something in fact sean's over there with her pastor sean's over there with him right now and people say well you know has it cost you to stand against racism in the natural, yes, but now God's having a stand against racism against Jewish people, and against it's it's when when you're trusted. If if I can trust you in a little, what does God say? And now we're changing the world, but everywhere along the line, when God speaks to you to do something, you need to hear this: this is a test. And if He can trust you, so can He trust you where we're at financially? right now can he trust us now we know the tithes and then he says the offering besides and we know that's first fruit that's feast of tabernacles because that begins your multiplication of your blessing for the next year but tonight is a night in which god talks about charity there's an offering that's taken tonight i won't even read it there's an offering tonight that's called kaparot and it's where we get the word kippah. It's where we get the word kapot on the top of the Holy of Holies. And it's a strange thing, but it comes from a time in the, in the temple days that they would take a chicken. And they would take the chicken and they would wave it above their head three times. And the reason saying is, is we know who our provider is. We know who our provider is. We know who our provider is. But then they would take that chicken and give it to the poor. Now, we don't do that anymore. We don't do that with chickens. And, and Well, some do in Israel, but what you do symbolically now is you take the price of that chicken or the price of a meal, Popeye's chicken. I'm already thinking Sunday's a fast day. And by the way, Sunday is a fast day. It's a fast day. I'm stopping it. Make a note. Popeye's chicken tonight. And you take that, and instead of keeping that for yourself, the price of a meal, you give it to somebody else. You, you give it to the poor. And so when God says, return unto me, teshuvah, one of the main things, one of the main things he's talking about is you're a person of charity. That's the word righteousness, stedka. These are, these are stedka boxes. And I want you to, we've kind of gotten out of the habit, but I want you to get in the habit during praise and worship of coming down. This is, there are three ways that we, we give. We give our tithes, we give our first fruits, and we give charity. This is where Jesus stood when the rich man came in. You know, they didn't have paper money in those days. They had gold coins or silver coins. And so the rich man came in and he took his coins and he went, 
poured them all in so they could be heard. And the Lord said, he has his reward. Because he did it to be seen. He, he didn't just put it in there, did But then the widow with the widow's might came in. Remember the story? And Jesus looks and he stops and goes, she's given more than anybody. Because she, even though she was poor, she still gave for somebody that was poorer than her. It's an amazing teaching, but if you, and, and we, we showed, I think I told you about this. Luke and I saw it. I, ta- I talked to the church when we are the, the tour group. Even if you're a beggar, even if you're a beggar on the street, you're required by God to give out of your begging to somebody who's worse off. It keeps you flowing. Amen? On Shabbat, in our home, and I know most of, a lot of your homes, we have a miniature Stedka box. And before we light the candles to welcome in this week's blessing, if I, can, if I could just imprint this in your spirit, every time God's getting ready to bless you, he first gives you a chance. So Shabbat is the open window for this week's blessing. So before we light that and welcome in the Sabbath light into our home, our family, our health, our children, our marriage, we first put something aside. Tiz and I, wherever we go, if we're going to be gone Friday, we have a Shabbat box because I don't want to miss the blessing that God has for my family this coming week by not being a blessing. And this this is given away. We always take this and give it away to someone. We give it. We usually give it to somebody in the church. Uh, uh, you know, we save it for a year and then we give it away. But what I'm saying is, is that we never miss a week without giving charity. One of the greatest things you can do is teach your children to have one of these next to their bed. And if they get an allowance every morning, have them put a dime in there. And start their day to be blessed by God by being a blessing to someone else. Folks, that's not a gimmick. When we take when we take an offering on Shabbat, it's not allowed to stay in the house. It has to go. Can you imagine? Can you imagine our, what would happen to our finances if we if I taught this to you? If I taught this to you and then kept it? Can you imagine what it would just shrivel up? When I was uh, when we went to Haiti, I was talking about being trustworthy. We went to Haiti and we went down there and we saw the need. And we said, we're gonna help. And little we know we'd start an orphanage, and little we know those kids want to eat every day. And what the heck with it? You know, it's not a one time you don't do you don't do it's not a one-time thing. It's every day. You know, they want running water, those stingy little guys. And it's a commitment. And if we say no, it doesn't happen. If we say no to those 50,000 meals to kids, it's, there's nobody else there. That government's not doing it. There's nobody else there. It's us. And it's our blessing to, to, to do that. The guy who we met down there said, you know, Pastor, when the earthquake hit, he said, huge ministries flew in in their private jets. Nothing wrong with that. Landed said, take us where the tent cities are because everybody's living in paper tent because everything collapsed. 
took videos, went back on their TV programs, raised funds. He said, you know how much money came in? He said, nobody sent it back. When we went down there, we thought, how are we going to land, man? Everybody's, if the airport's going to be full, you're gonna, there's nobody there. We, we actually not only brought the food, but we cooked it and give it out. The UN had to come in and protect us because people were swarming. They're starving. How can you, how can you go and say, we're raising money to feed these, these people and then keep it so you can buy a second jet? I'm not against people having a plane. God bless them. You have a plane. But, we, we, but we've got to be trustworthy. And everywhere along the line, if you're trustworthy, God will, if you're trustworthy in this, I'll, I'll move you up this. And I'm telling you, we're, those who are paying attention during this time of Teshuvah, it's not going to be another move. It's going to be another leap, spiritually and financially. Amen? So here's what we're going to do before we take Shabbat is, number one, ask yourself, am I right with God? And we'll do this again Sunday. Am I right with God? And God, if, if I've grown lukewarm, Lord, I'm going to be back in church. I'm going to be serving God. I'm going to quit making excuses. You know, you know what they say in church world now? If you have a church over more than a couple hundred people, you have to make an announcement six weeks in a row for 80% of your church to hear it. In other words, what happened to forsake not the assemblies of yourselves together? Listen, we're in church, and, and, and we're... We're a, we're a fanatic church. We're in church a whole hour and a half. We don't give a 20-minute sermonette. My job is to teach you. My job is to lead you and instruct you and guide you as a shepherd does his sheep. That's my job, not to just get you in and get you out. You need to start being faithful to God. We're living towards the end times. Number two, you need to say, God, I need to tithe. I need to tithe. Tenth is the Lord's. Prove me. If I won't open you, prove me. Prove me. How many believe you're going to heaven? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know you're going to heaven? Because God said so. This is the only place he says, prove me if I won't open you up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing. Prove, prove me if I won't do it. In this, I will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. No, I, I won't be mocked. But if nothing else in your, in your finances, do charity. Because I guarantee you, travel with me. Come with me. I'll show you people that are hungry. And we pray, God, show us a place that we can be a blessing. We can't, we can't change the whole world, but we can change the world that God brings to our door. So before we do Shabbat, and I know I've gone long. I've gone 45 minutes longer than I was going to. You guys' legs tired? I do this every day, <laughs> every Sunday. We're going to have the ushers take an offering, and we're going to pass it out. And I'm going to ask you to do an act of charity. This is tonight is you're waving that offering above your head saying, I know who is my provider. You know, it's the same word, kaparot, it's the root word for kippah. I know who covers me. I know who's got me covered. And so I want to ask you to, you know, maybe you've never done an act of charity. And, and you can mark where you want it to go, or you can just trust me to, to buy another jet. God wants you blessed. 
Look at me a second. Look at me a second while you're doing that. This is why the Lord says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, now that doesn't mean God doesn't want you to have a checking account. Don't ever listen to a pastor that says, God's telling you to empty your savings account, your checking account. I want to see if he's doing that. Okay. What he's saying is, it's the word in Hebrew, zehot. It means merit. And I think I've told you this. When Tiz was sick, Lion was sick, we had so many Jewish friends praying in their synagogue, saying, God, grant to them their zehot, their merit, for being a blessing. So God forbid you'll ever need a major miracle. But when you're being a miracle for someone else, when you're feeding these kids in Zimbabwe, you're their miracle. Isn't that pretty cool? You're their miracle. But every day that we give these kids a miracle, you know, when we first started, we did 10,000 kids, then we did 10, 20,000 kids, or meals, not kids, meals. And then we found out parents are having to choose which kids go to school, because we feed them at the school. We built a school, we built a kitchen, we feed them at these schools, and parents were deciding which kids go to school that day so those kids can eat and so if they had three kids their kids were eating every third day and we go okay how many meals do we need and it's not much it's not much it's not like they're getting steak dinners but now that sex that area that god brought us in zimbabwe where our friends have lived for generations those parents don't have to can you imagine can you imagine choosing okay honey you don't eat today or tomorrow your brother has to eat. Those parents don't have to choose that. Don't you know that that is zehut? That's storing up treasures in heaven for you. And God help us that we ever need that. But when we do, God opens the, the vaults of heaven. Amen? So after we do that, I want you guys, ushers, would you bring it up and we're going to pray over that. This is, this is, the rhema word for today is when you do this I will bring you this anointing that we read in, in Joel isn't God a good God and you know what a, what a neat way you know can I say this to you I hate I hate one of the reasons I was wanting to get out of the ministry I hate taking offerings I hate having to you know, when we were in, in, in Portland, we are getting ready to build a new building. Uh, I went to the bank for a loan, and you know what the guy said? So how can you guarantee this is going to be paid back? I said, well, through the church. He goes, by passing the hat? And it was embarrassing. The banker said, by passing the hat. And I said, you know what, God? You're, you're big enough to do this without the world saying that to me. And you know what? We just decided we're going to start. We started doing things with our schools, our local schools. And we do a lot of things locally with our vets and everything. But you know what happened is, thank you, brother. You know what happened? I don't think I've ever told you this story. We, we bought some land. I found this land. You know how I found it? I was driving by, and I, the, the sign was covered up with weeds. It had been for sale for so long, it was covered up with weeds. And I was with one of the guys in the church, and I pulled in, and it was a big buck deer laying on the dirt road. 
When I saw that big buck deer, I thought, that's a sign from God, and where's my rifle? <laughs> we bought that land, we bought that land for four million, we bought more than we needed, because the they wouldn't sell. We just wanted 15, 20 acres. He had 80, what was it, 84 acres? And he wouldn't sell it without selling the whole thing because he'd had it up for sale. And we bought it for $4.2 million. I had to sign a thing. I couldn't fly in single into airplanes. You know, you know, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. My life was on. And about four weeks later, the city of Portland put a, what do you call it? A, a Huh? a zoning restriction that Portland City could not grow anymore beyond this measure. It was a communistic move, but our land was in there. And four weeks after we bought it, it went from what we paid $4.2 million, it jumped to $18 million in four weeks, in, in four weeks. And so we were we were $12 million into the building process, debt-free, debt-free. And then God said, I want you to turn that over, give it to someone else, and come to Dallas because I have another plan. And I remember going to Tiz. We had just bought land. We were building a new house. And I said, I said God spoke to me to, we need to leave here and go to Dallas. She said, well, let me know how it is. <laughs> Call me once in a while. Because <laughs> this is the seventh time we'd started over. Seven times we turned it over, built it up, turned it over, and started with just Tiz and I and the kids. But she said, this is what God wants us to do. And little did we know that we came here. They start caught on to the Jewish roots. And we've literally, from this congregation, changed the world. We've literally changed the world, and it's called, Can I Trust You? We turned over 18 to $20 million worth of property there and came down here and started all over. And now we're meeting with presidents, we're meeting with prime ministers, we're changing the world, and our best is yet to come. Amen. Let's pray over this. Father, we thank you. Lift your hands this way. Receive this for yourself. Father, we thank you that as we sow in obedience to charity, Father, you said as we save one life, you see it as if we save the whole world. And Father, we release that anointing on everyone here and those that are giving through stream. Father, for our orphanages, for our feeding programs, for our Holocaust, for Aliyah, for our hospitals in Israel, for the schools in Zimbabwe, wherever you lead us. Father, for giving us the privilege to tikkun olam, repair a broken world. We give you all the praise and all the glory for what you've done and what you're going to do. Because tonight begins a blessing on our lives that is beyond description in Jesus name and all God's people said if you receive that give the Lord a clap offering all right so my probation officer 
All right, so do you all have your Shabbat implements? Anybody not have anything for Shabbat? Pull it out, open it up. In Shabbat, this is what we'll do. Now, Sunday, Sunday, we're going to celebrate Yom Kippur. Tonight, look at me. Tonight, the, open, the windows of heaven are open. Sunday night, they're sealed for, for that blessing for one whole year. Feast of Tabernacles, we bring our first fruit offering. The sealed blessing then through the first fruit offering begins to be multiplied. On Sunday morning, we're going to baptize you. We're not going to do the baptism outside like we were doing. We may do that next year. I kind of talked myself out of baptizing. Uh, last time we baptized 1,100 people. By the time we got to the end of the line, I could have walked on water. <laughs> so we decided we're just going to do the hands, which is symbolic. Baptism, and I'll, I'll share this on Sunday, baptism is not what we think it is. Baptism is being separated from all failure that we've touched the previous year. Yom Kippur breaks every curse, separates us from failure, and releases us and seals us in God's blessing that the devil can't steal. Amen? So the first thing you do on Shabbat is, and I do, I'll do this for you, is you do the hand washing, and, and I'll do it for you. If you're right-handed, you wash your right hand first, and then you say the blessing. And it actually means, blessed Lord God, King of the universe, who blesses us with the commandments and commands us concerning lifting up holy hands. Now, isn't that interesting Then, when we wash our hands, it's not the blessing of washing our hands, it's al-natilat, the lifting up of holy hands. Why is that important? And I'll share it again Sunday. How many people have you touched? How many people have touched you, touched your hands, that are thieves or liars or negative or this or that or everything. When Jesus went to John, he said, baptize me, John. John said, you ought to baptize me. He said, baptize me, John, because I'm being freed from all the negative forces of this world and I am being born again. That's where that comes from. And I'll explain that more. So right now, every negative thing that's touched you this last year is gone and we're beginning a new beginning now we'll do this on yom kippur we'll do this on sunday but it's it's more powerful if you do it it's powerful when you do it the day of yom kippur just like first fruit or anything else is powerful when you do that but it's also more it's much more powerful if you do it in advance because god knows you've been thinking about it does that make sense to you Okay, so we've broken all limit. We're, we're, we've gotten a divorce from all limitations. Amen. Where God can do exceedingly abundantly above anything we can ask or think, right? Okay, and so then we would light the candles. Now, we're way past, obviously, the candle lighting time. Tiz lit the candles for us so that we're kosher in that. But I'm going to have Nancy and Lydia come up and say the blessing and lighting of the candles. Why do we light two candles? We light two candles because God says, remember the Sabbath and observe it. Learn what it means. Learn what happens. It also represents 
that as ladies. And it's interesting. You know, when we first came to Dallas, we were on the Christian radio station. And the Christian radio people, good people, nice people, threw us off the air. And the reason they don't, don't like yet, the reason they, they threw us off the air is because they found out we let women teach. And they said, women have no place in ministry. And yet God says, this is the one time that I only listen to women when we light the Shabbat candles. Go, it goes to the show that God is not saying women are secondary in ministry. God is saying women are prime. In fact, women are more sensitive to the voice of God than men are. I heard no amen. soprano amens in that. <laughs> when we say, may our sons be like Ephraim and Manasseh, there's two. May our, our daughters be like Rebecca, Sarah, Rachel, and Leah, four. Twice as much blessing. So what the women are saying is no matter how dark, how many times is it the mother who leads the children to the Lord, leads the husband to the Lord, leads the grandchildren to the Lord, so the women are making a stand. You're making a stand. Ladies, you all stand up with, our, with, with these ladies. Stand up, please. And they're saying no matter how dark it gets in this world, the light of God will shine in our family. Amen? Okay. Sorry, Lydia. You know how to say the blessing in Hebrew? Okay, so we'll say it out loud. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. You wave your hands over the candles three times. Isn't it amazing? Three times. Why three times? Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you wave your offering. What we're saying is, is that God is covering us. Amen. 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 Father, we welcome in the Sabbath blessing into our homes, our lives, our families. And for what you've done, we give you praise. And what you're going to do this week, release Sabbath miracles into our lives in every area. And we give you praise in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, who is our Messiah. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Shabbat Shalom. All right. Then... What we do is we then take the wine or the grape juice and we, the wine and the grape juice represents the covenant power and blessing of God. Why does the devil not want us to know? I'm, I've gone way too long. Why does the devil not want us to know about the, the, our Jewish roots? Because through Jesus Christ, you and I are heirs to the promises of Say it out loud. Abraham. If we don't know what the covenant promises of Abraham are, we have not because we, how can we ask for them? And through Jesus, we have not been separated from Abraham, but we have been grafted in to Abraham through Jesus Christ. Amen. So every covenant promise is yours through Jesus Christ. When we take Shabbat, we are representing the blood of Jesus that, that was shed seven different times. On Sunday, we'll see on Yom Kippur, they took the blood of the lamb or the blood of the goat. They walked in the holies, and guess how many times they sprinkled it? What a coincidence. It releases the covenant 
promises of God. So take your wine, your grape juice, open that up, and we'll say the blessing in Hebrew. Blessed are the Lord God, King of the universe, who blesses with the commandments, commandments concerning the, 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 the grape of the, of the covenant. So this, when we take this, it's not a ritual. When you take this tonight, you are saying this whole next year, this whole next year, I will be covered by the blood of Jesus and, and connected to the promises of Abraham because they are my covenant promises also. Look at me. Covenant promise. Can, can I tell you one more story? This has been a, it's kind of a different night tonight. It's just kind of, you know what this feels like? Discipleship. You know, you, Jesus is going to our world, preach the gospel, make disciples. I feel like these, this is kind of like you're here because you, you, God wants you to go to a different level. Years ago, I was at something, I won't tell you where I was at, but two of the most famous leaders in Christianity, and this is before we really got going on television or anything, and they invited me in the back room, these two giants, and they're talking about this person suing them and that person suing them and this person ripping them off, and this was years and years and years ago, and I remember sitting and going, why am I hearing this? And finally, I said, can I say something to you guys? And I said, I'm I'm not even close to your league, but I think people on the street know more about covenant than people in the church. You know, when you're on the street, you know, listen, you, you may be with that gang, I may be with this gang, but when it comes, we're going to stand together. And I think that's what we need to realize is, is that the devil has done a good job of dividing the church. We need to stand together in covenant promises. I hope you're blessed. I hope you're blessed. I hope you're blessed. Because God's not limited in the amount of blessing. He's not on a budget. And, and that's why we're doing this thing October 21st, Unite the Light. God says, where there is unity, I will command my blessing there. So we are in unification with the covenant promises of God and with the covenant promises of Abraham and Israel. And may God bless us this next year like nothing we can imagine. Amen? Lakaim. Then the, we take the challah bread, and the challah bread, and I, and I know all of you know this, but it's always good to review. The challah bread is covered top and bottom. Challah bread represents the manna that God gave the Jews and uh, the Israelites in the desert. Why is it covered? One is that when we tithe and when we do our charity and first fruits, the Lord says, I'll rebuke the devourer. If we're not doing charity, if we're not doing first fruits, if we're not doing our tithe, the devourer has access to our finances. But God says, when you do this, I'll rebuke the devourer. I'll rebuke it. I'll make sure that every time you make $100, the devil doesn't steal 110 Sounds like a good deal. It represents manna in heaven. In the desert, when they got up to get their manna, it was covered on the top so that the heat of the day would not destroy their blessing. It was covered in the bottom so that the 
insects on the ground would not eat their blessing. And so what we're doing is we're, we've already given charity. We're, we're acknowledging that God will protect our finances. We look at Hala and it's a double portion. We look at Hala and it's braided. Why is it braided? It's braided because we have our part our neighbor has its, his, his or her part, and God has their part. So when we understand that we're a community that is covered by God, people ask all the time, why do you think Jewish people are so blessed? One of the reasons is they understand community. They understand community. If, if I'm blessed and my brother is in need, then I'm going to make sure that we're helping take care of my brother. We're a, we're a family, we're a community. And when we take care of each other, God gets involved with us. And he owns a thousand hills, amen? And it's double. Let me give you one more illustration. On Yom Kippur, there are three books that are open. God loves everybody. There are three books that are open. One of the righteous, one of the lukewarm, the, the average, and the ones that are cold. In the, in the desert, when they got up for their manna, those who were serving God, they would open their tent and the manna would be right there. That's why when we say the blessing, it actually says, blessed is Lord God, King of the universe, who brings bread from the ground. God doesn't bring bread from the ground. He brings wheat and you got to turn in the flour, you got to bread. But when you're serving God, he makes prosperity easy. So when you're serving God, they would get up and manna would be right there. Those who were, yeah, they're doing okay. They'd have to go out on a journey and get the manna and it wasn't quite as fresh. Those who were not serving God, God still loved them, made sure they didn't die, but they had to go out and their manna tasted like spinach or whatever. Those who were serving God, their manna was covered by dew, not only protected, not only fresh, but it gave flavor. Now, I don't know what manna was. Nobody knows what manna was, but let's say, what, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite food in the world? Pizza. Oh, me too. Me too. Okay, Kentucky Fried Popeye's chicken and pizza tonight. Okay, but if you ate pizza morning, noon, and night for 40 years... Okay, but when you're serving God, what did the Lord say? He said, taste of me and see if I'm not good. See, this is all understanding of Jewish roots. When they, when they got up, those who were serving God and it was covered with dew, it would taste like whatever they wanted it to taste like. So one day it would taste like pizza. Next day it tastes like Popeye's chicken. Next day, pizza again. And so when you're serving God, he gives great flavor to your life. So let's take our bread. And we break it, and we say the blessing. And Father, we claim, we claim, is it okay for me to say this? I claim abundance on your life. Prosperity, prosperity is not a bad thing. Prosperity is bad when we've taken the truth of God and turned it into a gimmick. That's when it's bad. But it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
Beloved, I would above all health, above all things, that you prosper and be in health. How many believe tis, God wants Tiz to be absolutely cancer-free, right? Just as you believe that, he wants you to prosper. Now, it doesn't mean by this time next year you're going to be a millionaire, but it doesn't mean you won't. But what if your income doubled between this time and next time? What if, you, what if we just double? How is that bad? Will you tithe? Okay, so if you're making... If, if you're making, I'm going to prophesy on you. If you're making this time next year $200,000, what's your tithe? 20000 Can he trust you? So let's say, let's say, let's say, and, and, and because, I, oh, I don't like that prosperity message. Anybody that doesn't like the prosperity message has never been hungry. I don't know about you. I grew up when I came home and I'm a teenager and I, and we came home at night and said, mom, can we have something to eat? And my dad said, you already ate today. I'd like to be able to eat whenever I want to. Oh, come on. Give me an amen. When we ran out of ketchup, my mom put hot water in the ketchup bottle and shook it up. Am I, am I talking to a crowd that can't relate? When we had that big, console TV and it broke. We never got rid of it. We just bought a little TV to put on top of it because that was the nicest piece of furniture in the house. Am I relating? Paul said, I've been in plenty and I've been in one. And we need to serve God in plenty and one. But I'm going to tell you something. When your bills are paid, you know, when Tiz and I first got married, we got down to one box of, of, of potato flakes and put it in there and boil those potato flakes because we were taught against prosperity and bo weevils, the, the bug things came up. We had to scoop them out and eat that because that's all we had because we were taught to want to prosper is wrong. To want to prosper is God. If it wasn't of God, God would have never put it in us to want to prosper. I'm, I'm going over to the... Say, God wants me to prosper. Do you believe it? Let's say the blessing again because this is the beginning. This is the open window of heaven. This is the open window of heaven. Who God who brings bread out of the ground. Can I tell you one more thing before we take it? You're not made on earth to make a living. You're made on, you're put on earth to worship God. Making a living should be the easiest part so that we can easily serve God and do what God calls us to do. I receive prosperity on every one of us in ways that we can't even imagine in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen? Let's take it. The one thing I didn't do, forgive me, is you take salt and you put it on your bread because your, 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 your table is an altar of God and your bread is an offering to God because it's God who brings it to you. Shabbat Shalom, give the Lord a clap offering. Stand with me all over the building. Here's what I ask you to do. As we go, on Shabbat, you're forbidden to say anything negative about yourself. Okay, so let's say, let's say today you lost your job. The Sabbath is a holy window. 
So from this point on, you, you don't say, oh, man, I lost my job. You say, oh, praise God, God's got something better for me. Right? You can't argue with each other. You can't fight with each other. You can't talk about anything negative because it's a holy time. But this is a special holy time. This is, this is Shabbat Teshuvah, the time of return. And I feel something very special on tonight. I know I've gone a half hour, 25 minutes over, but I feel something very special tonight. I feel like God's getting ready to do something. And, and I hope this sounds correct in saying this, that, you know, my life is studying. That's my life. My life is, is, is studying so I can teach you. And so if there's things you say, you know, oh, I can feel it, but I don't understand it, just let me cover you. Let me cover you. Let, let, me, let me cover you. And, I, and we'll, we'll, we'll grow together. We'll understand it together. We'll learn it together. But if God's brought you to be a part of this ministry, whether you're here or you're somewhere around the world, let me cover you. Because I know that I know that I know this next year is going to be absolutely amazing that our best is yet to come. Amen. Say that, let me pray this over you. Father, I cover us with the Sabbath blessing tonight as we go into Yom Kippur that on every one of us, you seal divine health, divine long life, divine joy, divine peace, divine prosperity, that all of our sons will be like Ephraim and Manasseh, that all of our daughters will be like Rebecca, Sarah, Rachel, and Leah, and that our lives will be full of divine long life, divine health, divine joy, divine peace, and divine prosperity. Father, we know you have that for us for every week, but Father, we seal this as we go into Yom Kippur that this next year will be a year of explosion of covenant blessings in every one of our lives. And we will be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said Shabbat Shalom. Thanks for coming out tonight. Love somebody before you go. God bless. Amen. <laughs>